Uh, I'm going to get into tonight's message. I want to talk to you about something that uh, I think that will be impactful. Uh, we are going into a season, thank you sir, we're going into a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, when, I, when I say that, for some people uh, it's exciting, for others it's like, oh. It's kind of like, seriously, really? We're going we're gonna to do that again? We're going we're gonna to torture our flesh again? We're going we're gonna to tell it no again? Again we got to do that? And amen. And, uh, and really, I wanted to, I, you know, we could look at that as being a disadvantage. But I want to talk to you about the advantages of praying and fasting. Can I do that tonight? Uh, my heart is, and my prayer is, is that when we leave, that we leave excited about uh, this season as we come together as a church, this season of, of praying and fasting. That we would, we would commit ourselves to, to doing it. That it would not be something that we casually approach. Instead, that we uh, aggressively approach because we want the advantages that come with it. And there's advantages, and I am just hitting four advantages. I'm, I'm telling you, there's many, many advantages, but there are four things that, as I contemplated, and I, I really did labor over this message. It was just a laboring, and, and, and it's like, man, there's so much, and it's like, how can I condense it, and what what... What is it, Lord? What is it? And I prayed, and, and there are four things that I, I believe that I'm to share tonight uh, that as we walk away, hopefully we'll be encouraged and be challenged to, to commit ourselves and not take uh, this season as, a, as, a, as we come together as a, uh, a church, this season casually or do it, uh, do it half-heartedly. But we do it with all of our heart. I'm coming. I'm coming to you with a a a book that many probably are aware of, and it's the Book of Joel. And it's a prophetic book. It's a prophetic uh, uh, chapter that we're going to look at, and uh, you see the fulfillment of it in in the Book of Acts. And uh, but I want I want to just take us there and just go ahead and launch on into it this this evening and hopefully by the time we leave we are pumped about being uh, about praying and fasting uh, for you that don't know and are unaware of this every year we take uh, at the very beginning of the year in January we'll, we'll take 21 days and focus in on prayer and fasting uh, we will take and uh, this year from the from the 8th to the 28th and focus on praying and fasting. And during this time, on the 14th, the, the, the 21st, and the 28th, which are Saturdays, we will take an hour and come together corporately and pray and have a prayer and worship service, and we will just focus in together in prayer. But we want us praying all week. And finding times where we're just taking little bits and pieces of the week, I mean each and every day, and praying. doesn't even have to be long prayers. 
I want to I challenge us also during this time to uh, find people during the course of every day and, and pray just a, a 21 second prayer with them and see the impact that that will make. Just search God, look and keep your heart open and, 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 and find, you know, you'll come. I know God's going to, there's so many needs out there that God's going to bring people across your path. Say, hey, can I pray with you? I don't care if it's at work, in the, uh, you know, at the store or wherever it may be. Uh, can I pray with you and just pray with Don't sit there and pray an hour of prayer. Pray small. Don't get your watch out either, but just a small prayer with them. And, and let me tell you, it is a prayer of faith that makes the difference. And you've heard me say it so many times. When people of faith pray for people in faith, miracles happen. And we want to see miraculous things take place in our lives and through our lives during this time and during this year, 2017. I have I have some, like an expectancy of this year, and I don't know what all that looks like. I know life happens. I know there's going to be things that we're going to have to uh, work through and plow through, and there's going to be some difficult times in life. But let me tell you something that you and I need to understand. Even though there are down times in life, we don't need to be down. The Bible tells us that we are to, whenever we face kind of trials in life, that we're to count it all joy. And we're to rejoice always. The devil wants to get us into a place of defeat. And if he can get us into a place of defeat, we're defeated. Amen? And so the only way that we can stay uh, uh, overcomers is through faith. This is the faith that overcomes the world even, or this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. It's our faith that causes us to be victorious in life. Does that make sense? And so uh, many times we're more in tune with the issues and the problems and focused in on that rather than God who is the solution to every problem. And so let's look at the book of Joel because I only have a few minutes with you tonight. And we're going to start in chapter, or we're going to look in chapter 2, and we're going to start with verse 12. It says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. Say all your heart. All your heart. And fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rent your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. I like that. God doesn't want to do harm. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He, it, it really isn't his heart to do that. Verse 23 says, but it says, be, be glad then, you children of Zion. Now, we're the children of Zion. The church is the children of Zion. You do a study on it. Zion, when it talks about Zion, it's talking about the church. So it says, be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years. I, I, we're going to focus a lot on this. I'm going to give you three, four areas, but three areas we're going to kind of go through quickly. I'm going to focus on this fourth area. But it says here, I will restore to you the years that the swarming uh, locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts, my great army which I sent among you. Now, mistranslation here, God didn't send it. 
It did. He did allow it, but he didn't send it. And, and I'm not going to get into all that. But God, you can go read in James. God, God's not the author of, of, of bringing harm and hardship or, or, or evil on people. Okay? It tells us that in James. But let's go on. It goes on to say this. And you will eat in, you will eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am the Lord in the midst of, it says Israel, but I want you to see church on the move. It says, then you shall know that I am the, I am the, 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 I, I, I am in the midst of church on the move, and I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And it goes on to say, and it shall come to pass after, afterward that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also uh, my mate, men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's that's just so powerful, so much in there. But let me just pull out four things, just four things really quick that I want you to see as advantages to prayer and fasting. Some advantages as we go into this season of prayer and fasting that we can expect to take place. Number one, first advantage is refining. There is a refining that will take place in our life, a purifying, if you will, that will take place in your life. It says, now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart and with fasting, with weeping and with mourning. So rent your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful. And it tells us here that we are to come with a heart of repentance. It says, Put your heart in this. It says, pull your heart away from these other things. Rent it and make sure that it's placed in me. There's a there's something that takes place that I can't uh, that happens with me every time I pray and fast. There's a there's a refining that takes place after I get through. There's some things that have been shut off my life that that were attached that I didn't even realize that were an issue or a problem in my life. And the Bible tells us that in Hebrews chapter 12 that we are to set aside every weight and every sin that so easily ensnares. There are things in our life that we've picked up in the course of the year that we don't even realize until we uh, consecrate ourselves, dedicate ourselves to seeking God with all of our heart and with fasting and putting our flesh down and saying, flesh, you have no say-so in this. You are, you are coming along whether you like it or not, and this is what's going to take place. I am going to deny you what you want, and I'm going to give God what he wants. And when we do that, God begins to go in and purge some things in our life, purify some things out of our life. There's things that will happen in your life that will happen no other, no other place than in a time, in a season of prayer and fasting. And I'm going to tell you, we need to get, we need to get really serious about this 21 days of prayer and fasting and not just consider it, not just casually approach it, but say, God, I really want this. I, I, I want what you want. Now, I understand there could be some health issues. Some of you need to, if you've not done a full fast, I'm not, I'm not asking you to do a full fast. I'm asking you pray, seek God, ask him what you need to do. You do what he tells you to do. 
Okay? All I'm saying is get serious about it. God, what must I do? What should I do? And get in there and ask God what to do and do it. And watch and see if he doesn't clean some things out of your life. And let me tell you what will be the end result. When you are purified, then you're able to run this race. You go read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, then you can run. Then you're able to run the race that he has for you. See the little... The little uh, a picture that I have up there, that guy in the red, he's the one that's praying and fasting, man. He's ahead of the game. He's, he's shed some stuff. There's some things that have been stripped off his, his life, and now he's able to run ahead of the rest. Amen? Amen. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded and in, in verse 10, it goes on to say, it says, humble yourself under, in the sight of God and he will lift you up. There's things that are going to take place that will never take place anywhere else than through a time and a season of purifying, a time and a season of refining in our life. We need to let him work in our minds, our hearts, our lives, in every area of our life. Are you with me? And so that's the first area, the first advantage. There's a, revi- a refining that takes place. Number two, the second thing that takes place is there's a revival. There's things that are revived that have died in our life, that are revived during that season. It may be dreams. It may be, it may be uh, habits, that, good habits that you need to reestablish in your life. Maybe a, a, a reviving of a hunger for the word, a thirst for prayer. Whatever it may be, there may be some, there's going to be some revival that takes place in our lives. It's going to be good things that need to be revived. And there's... And not, yeah, there's going to be some things that are going to be refined, some things that are going to die, but once they're dead, God can revive some good things in our life. Are you, are you seeing that? And so it tells us in Joel, it says in, in verse uh, 23 of chapter 2, it says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Thank God for that. God is going to revive some things. He's going to, he's going to revive that rain back into our life. You know, the locusts come in, they steal and they, they, they kill everything off and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm telling you, God's going to come back and he's going to bring all of those good things back into our life. He's going to revive some things in our life. Now, he's going to revive. I looked up that word revive. It means to give new strength and energy. It's a refiring. There's a passion that is revived in our life that we had lost. Many of us don't realize, but we lose. We, passion leaks. It has, to, it, has to be, it has to be something that we go in and, uh, and, and, and intentionally uh, allow God to revive that in our hearts. And it comes through fasting and praying. There's things that will never happen outside of a season of fasting and praying. We need to be praying every day. I'm telling you, coupled with fasting, something happens. There's, some, there's a refiring, a reviving that takes place. Isaiah 40, 31, very familiar passage of Scripture. It says this, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
Now notice here that word renew. That word renew means, I looked it up, it means to, it means to give uh, new strength and energy. It means to exchange, really. God takes the strength that we have and he exchanges it with a new strength and a new energy in our life. Thank God for that. When we wait upon the Lord, when we seek God, then he takes the strength that we have, which is usually weak, and he will, he will empower us with new strength, new energy. Hopefully you want a new energy, a new passion for this year, a renewing of your passion, if you will, this year. There's a revival that God wants to do in us. There's not any revival that takes place outside, uh, outside these walls until it takes place inside of our heart. It has to take place, but we have to get serious about it before it will ever, ever take place. Third advantage I want to give you is, and it's almost like it's one step at a time. There's a a refining, a revival, and then there's a refreshing. A refreshing that takes place. Joel says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. I tell you, there's a, there's a, the Bible tells us in Ephesians that we are, are, we are to be being filled with the Spirit. He, there's a continuous uh, infilling of God's Spirit in our life. I looked this up. I did some study on this uh, today. And, and uh, the word uh, Spirit in both the Old and New Testament means, it means uh, a breath, the breath of God. It means that God breathes in us. And, 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 and it's like a, a life force or an energy. One, one uh, description said it, it, it's his energy and his intentions, his mind, his heart into ours. He breathes life into us. There's a, there's a refreshing that takes place in our life. There's a fresh air, if you will. And people... People need that from us. They need us to be fresh because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that are walking around that are desperately needing a touch from God. And, and it, it's not going to happen through the, work, the works of the flesh. You know, we can do ministry in the flesh and it not accomplish much. But when we do it in the, the power of the Holy Spirit, when we do it, allowing God to use us, a freshness takes place. It's life-giving, if you will. When we see people's lives change then, we see, but you know, before all that takes place, there has to be a refining. We've got to get rid of the criticism, the critical uh, attitudes that we have. We have a tendency to gravitate towards the negative and we, we criticize and we, instead of, instead of being positive and being in faith, instead of having a humble heart before God, we criticize and we miss out on, on what God has for us. Come on now. Help me out this evening. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Where does, where does refreshing come from? It comes from the presence of the Lord. Why? It's, a, it's that... It's that 
It's that fresh air. It's that breath of God coming into our, into our hearts, into our lives. There's nothing like the, the, the breath of God breathing into us. And again, one of the things that I do every day is I get with God because I, I want the breath of God breathing into me every day. So that when I go through life, I go not empty, but I go full. So when I come into contact with people, then that same breath can flow through us. The Bible says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I believe it's the breath of God that's flowing through us into the lives of others. That's where life change takes place. That's where people are encouraged. That's where healings take place. That's where the devil is dealt with. You know, Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. The breath of God was upon him. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Went about doing good. Amen? Listen, if we're not filled with the Spirit, then what are we filled with? Discouragement? I mean, we, we, life, it's going to have discouraging things, but we cannot allow the devil to come in and dictate our moods, our life, our, our, anything. We are so driven, and I talked about this this past weekend, we are so governed and driven by our circumstances that, you know, I think that's why the devil, he, he brings a lot of drama in people's lives. It's because he can direct them where he wants I see, I see, uh, you know, I see Lynn, he's, he's, he's making a big impact on people's lives. Let me just throw a negative circumstance in him because in his life, and, and, and that's not him, but let me throw a negative circumstance in his life so that I can just direct him a different direction. And if he can do that, he will do that. But that's why we need the presence of God so so that when the circumstances come and even though we're going through stuff, we stay fresh because we got the the breath of God in our life. We We got the spirit of God filling us and keeping us filled in the midst of whatever we're going through. Amen? All right, one more thing. And here's what I want to focus on that I believe is very impacting in this whole account of Joel prophesying that I hope that we get really hold of because God wants to do some uh, amazing things in, in, in our lives individually, us as a church, in our families. He wants to do great things. Some of you are believing God for spouses. Your, uh, your spouses, you're believing God for you know, family members. You're believing God for a variety of different things. And, 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 and you, it's like, oh. And, and, and I know there's things that happen in life that that uh, that can't change. And I'm going to talk about some of those things that, uh, that, uh, that I, I believe will help make some, uh, some things clear in our life. But I'm telling you, every one of us can expect this fourth thing to take place as we pursue God and seek Him and, 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 and through prayer and fasting. And it's, a, it's a, an, another advantage, and it's restoring. God wants to do some restoring in our life. He wants to do some restoring. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. And I want you to read this because sometimes we read over it and we read over it so fast that we don't see it. It's like, 
You know, you can draw. Yeah, there's times all the time we're going around the loop or we're going down a certain road that we travel all the time. And it's like, I didn't, man, I didn't know that was there. And that, you can tell the house is 100 years old almost. You know, it's like it's been there. It hadn't, it hadn't just been recently built or whatever. It's like, wow, I haven't seen it. We just, we whiz by. And many times we whiz by, the, by the, the scripture and we don't see certain things that are in the word of God. And I want you to know that God wants, he's a restorer. He wants to restore things, some things that are, have taken place in our life. Joel chapter 2 verse 25 He says, so I will restore to you the years. Sometimes there have been years of things taking place in our life. Years where this has happened in our life. It says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust. The consuming locust. The chewing locust. He says, I will restore to you. Years of this t- eating up stuff in your life. I don't know if you've ever seen what locusts have done and can do in swarms. It says swarms. I mean, they were swarming. They were crawling. There was all kinds of various locusts that would come in, and it would strip the land. So much so that a famine would take place. And I know that some of you have been in a famine in certain areas of your life, relationally or whatever, where you have suffered great loss in your life. And the word for you and I today is that God is going to restore. And that he wants to restore in our lives some things that the locusts have come in and stolen. He wants to do that. Some of us have suffered great loss. And let me tell you, some of those things that, and I don't understand, sometimes when we think of restore, we think of taking a vehicle and and restoring it back to its original condition. But restoring God's view isn't always restoring it that way. It, It may be a replacing of it, because he can't restore something that isn't there. It could be a lost life. It could be a loss of innocence, innocence that, uh, that was stolen from you as a, as a child where some jerk came into your life and stole some innocence from you. That cannot be taken... I mean, you, you, there's just no restoring that in that sense. But God can restore. God can come in and He can restore some things only as He can. I don't know how that looks. I don't know how it fits, but I just know that God is a restorer. He can restore some things in our life. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And there's, a, I mean, years, it says, years that the locusts have, have caused this. God will come in and He will restore. God wants to do some restoring of health, some restoring of relationships, some restoring of peace. He wants to restore all kinds of different things that we've, we've been in, uh, uh, suffered loss in. He wants to do that this past year, this past summer. We had, I had never heard of them. I had never seen them. It was crazy. It was wild. But we had what are called army worms come in to our front yard by thousands 
thousands, and, and it was like overnight. They were so much that in the sidewalk, in the driveway, you you pull in, and they were just you squish them. They were just thousands in the front in the front yard. I want to give you a picture of what my front yard looked like. That's what my front yard looked like. Thousands. We had to come. We had to call. Actually, my son had one of his guys come in and spray a couple of times to kill him off. And what they were doing is they were, and they will do, is they were going to eat all of that behavior. Not behavior. Uh, uh, what's the? Give me the different names of grass. Bermuda. I think it's Bermuda. Is that what my front yard is? I think it is. Anyway. And so it, it just, it, they, they went in there and they started, you could see it, it, start, it was green and it started to turn, it started to turn. They were just eating away at it, eating away at it, eating away at it. And it was so crazy and I was freaked out, man. I was freaked out. It freaked me out. And, uh, and so I had to spray it and kill it. Thank God it did not destroy my yard. We got to it in, in time. But I, I went on the Internet and I started looking at some pictures. You can take that off. It's pretty gross. But I went on the Internet and, and I, I Googled that uh, army worms and you could see how it would strip, they would strip fields where down to the dirt. That's what locusts will do. They strip. And there's some of our lives that have been stripped by the locusts, by the devil. It's been stripped down to the bare ground. And God says, even in the midst of famine, even in the midst of your loss, in the midst of your, uh, your devastation, I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore to you what the locusts have taken. Even if, if, even if it's been years that it's been taking place. And God wants to do that in our lives. And then he says this in Joel chapter 2 verse 26. You shall eat in plenty. And you shall be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. Who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. I looked up that word plenty means large. Right now you may be feeling like you have a small life. But God wants you to know that he has a large life waiting on you. He wants to restore your life back to a, a large life. A bigger than, bigger than life. Amen. I, want us to, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but that excites me. I, every year my flesh hits just like you. It's like fasting, prayer. Fa- I'm praying is not a big deal because I, I have a praying life, but fasting. And I live a fasted life, but I don't fast like I do fast during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's like my flesh is not wanting it, but I'm telling you, I needed to be encouraged. I needed to be challenged. I want to see the, I want to see the advantages of praying and fasting. And I believe that God wants to do some restoration. He wants to do some restoring in our life. Restoring some things. I'm, I'm believing that. You know, I, I, as a pastor, 
It's tough for me sometimes because I hear a lot of trouble. I hear a lot of problems. I hear a lot of... And if I don't watch it, I could be so negative and think, man, the world is going to hell. And everybody with it. And, and people are sick and they've got marriage problems and got all this kind of issues and that issues. And, and, and so I have to get into word and see that God, is, God has solution to every problem. And I have to be able to bring hope in the middle of devastation, in the middle of famine, in the middle of struggle, the middle of whatever's going on. And I'm here to tell you that God will restore. God wants to restore until you have a large life again. Maybe it's been years since you felt like you've had a large life. Your life seems insignificant. God says you'll have plenty. You'll have a large life. And then he goes on to say, and you will be satisfied. I looked up that word satisfied means fulfilled. God says, oh, you're going to be, you're going to be strutting. You're going to be fulfilled. You're going to be satisfied because I'm going to restore. And God wants to do some restoration. He wants to do some restoring. There's been some things that have been lost in our lives. All of us suffer loss. We, 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 you know, I was thinking about one of my scriptures that I think of often because I, I want us to always be focusing in as a church to be life-giving. But I focus in on, on, on John chapter 10 that Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. God's a life-giver. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so I'm focusing in on it being life-giving. And God, God wants to bring life back into our dead circumstances. And I don't care what looks, what's been eaten up by the, the locusts, what's dead right now. God has the ability to make it profitable, fruitful, uh, just blessed again. Amen. Quit looking at your circumstances through the eyes of your natural eyes and start looking through them through the eyes of faith. Amen. Let me say this. I, 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 I hear all kinds of stuff. And I've got to watch. I've got to keep my heart filled with the word. I, I've challenged you. I challenged you this past weekend. If you hadn't listened to the CD, if you missed out, get online, listen to it. I challenge you. It's a must that we be in the word this year. Because we're all going to face some stuff and we're going to hear it. And, and people are looking at, they're looking at God's people to, to bring God on the scene. God needs to be on it. People need to have hope. They need to have, they need to have somebody that's going to bring God on the scene. And I hear it all the time. I know that I hear circumstances all the time. I'm having to process all the time. Um, and so anyway I'm just kind of hesitant in, in sharing a couple of things and I'm, I'm not because I'm out of time so just know God wants to restore he wants to bring plenty he wants to enlarge you he wants to bring satisfaction he wants fulfillment in your life and it only comes to really seeking him he knows how to make it happen I don't, you don't, but he does. Amen? Are you encouraged today? Are you challenged today?
Let's go forward. I want to challenge you. Let's, let's get together. Let's make sure that we're seeking God together during that 21 days, during each and every day that we're seeking God. God, have your way. I want revival. I want to be refined. I want to make sure that I'm refreshed. I want restoration in my life. Lord, pray these things. Seek God and watch and see if he doesn't do them in our lives. Amen? Amen. 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 Father.